Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And are you ready? Because it's time for the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling, man. Shoot, I got to tell you, man, this morning, uh, my, my neighbor came pounding on my door at 5 a.m. Totally rude, right? I mean, it was a good thing I was still up playing my drums. Okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. All right. I like that one. That's pretty good. I uh, give Duff a big thanks for keeping us entertained, as always, every Friday with his amazing joke of the week. And if you're looking to be entertained tomorrow night, it's the Saturday Night Special, 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and on my official YouTube channel. Hundreds of thousands of viewers on a weekly basis, and we appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you're back in lockdown or just staying home and social distancing because of the coronavirus, come join us over on the Saturday Night Special. Bring your beverage of choice. Bring your questions for the Q&A. Of course, that's E-H. And, of course, uh, give me your song requests for the sing-along. And I'll see you on Facebook Live and my official YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern for the Saturday Night Special. All right. Today, let's get our scare on with the real-life ghost stories from Haunted AF. Julie Fisk and Rebecca Black host the seasonal pod and have their own real-life uh, ghost stories to share as well as some of their faves from their many episodes. You should check out their podcast. It's really scary. Great stories. They just finished up season three and are working on season four. Just go to hauntedaf.com for all the info and listen to their full catalog, hauntedaf.com. Some of the stuff they've heard and experienced is very creepy from haunted objects to a paranormal event with a doorbell. They got trucker ghost stories, grandma ghost stories, grandma, and dead pet ghost stories. I'm going to turn the mic over to Julie and Rebecca. Uh, and let them scare the shit out of us here on Talk is Jericho. Get ready for Haunted AF. Boo. So uh, Talk is Jericho now becoming a world-renowned for my paranormal shows. Everybody enjoys them, including me. So I'm always looking for uh, different guests that I can have on the show. And I somehow, over the internet, discovered Haunted AF Podcast. <laughs> With uh, Julie and Rebecca, and that's how you become official friends nowadays. You actually start talking online first, correct? Correct. Yeah. And how did you find us? Yeah. We've been trying to figure that out the whole time. Well, like I said, because we've been talking about doing this, and obviously schedules are, are always nuts and stuff like that, but I seem to remember maybe on Twitter or something, something about Haunted AF, and I'm, like I said, I'm always looking for new guests to talk about these different things, and I just thought it was kind of a cool idea to have a couple ladies talking about ghosts, which was interesting to me. Yeah. So I think maybe that's how it started or something along those lines. Well, we're just so grateful. Yeah. We, I can't tell you. There has been a lot of screaming involved with this whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess the, the original question is how did you guys get together to start doing a podcast about ghost stories? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Well, uh, Rebecca and I both, we have a radio background. She still does a morning radio show. And uh, so we used to work in the same building mm -hmm. together. And then I got fired. <laughs> we liked each other a lot. And we decided we were going to do some podcasting. And so first we started a podcast called Boozy Movies. And uh, we would go to movie screenings and we'd see new movies. And then we'd go get drunk and podcast ourselves re reviewing the movie, um, which was Really? It was a lot of fun, but only like 12 people listen. Yeah. <laughs> right. For us, but really expensive. And you can still find our reviews. We actually oh, no. have our Get Out review is still available out there. <laughs> but yeah, it got expensive and taxing on the body to get drunk every Tuesday yeah. night. So um, so we stopped Boozy Movies and we didn't do anything for a while. And we finally, after about a year, 
we started listening to like these female led podcasts and we're like, we could be doing this. Mm -hmm. Like we're funny What's something that we can do that isn't film related. Cause Lord knows there's too many film podcasts out there already. And we're like, let's do ghost stories. Cause that's one thing she and I have always loved yeah. telling ghost stories. We like going into old buildings and creeping around. And, um, I mean, it's probably something we bonded over even more than radio. So that's how it started. Yep. See, but I find like you mentioned, if there's too many movie podcasts or ghost podcasts or wrestling podcasts, it's not so much even just the topic. It's the hosts themselves that draw people in to listen. And from talking with you guys for like two or three minutes, you're already got great chemistry. It's obvious, fun to hear, fun to listen to. So um, it's a no brainer that you're doing these types of shows. Now, obviously, you have some sort of paranormal interest to get into this into the first place. Well, yeah, I actually grew up, I wanted to be a, a paranormal investigator. investigator. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought I wanted to go to Duke. I really wanted to study it because I had an experience when I was 14 years old that really changed my life that, um, do you want to hear it? <laughs> of course. But you can't drop that here when we're talking about ghosts and just move on. So tell us the start of your, uh, of your ghost hunting uh, experience. Uh, that's a cliffhanger for the next, next, uh, for the next episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. Very special episode of Talk is Jericho. <laughs> no, um, when I was 14, my mother and I moved to Marietta, Georgia, and we bought a condo from this man named William. And uh, William was really nice. He sold us the condo and most of the furniture inside of it and everything. And um, we loved this condominium. And I, it was a three-floor or three-story condo, and I lived on the top floor. But I woke up one night about three months after we had moved in, and I very clearly could see this kind of sparkly smoke uh, right above me, like floating right above my face and my body. And I even felt like there was hair hanging down next to me. It was hmm. – yeah, it was messed up and um, scared the crap out of me. So I jumped up and turned on the light. And I could even see the smoke after the light turned on. I could see it kind of like suck up into this point in the ceiling. and. Um, I was frozen. I'm getting like upset, like I'm telling it again. <laughs> I've told the story a million times. But uh, so I ran downstairs, told my mom. Of course, she didn't believe me. Again, I'm 14. I'm like crazy with hormones at that point. Mm -hmm. So she thinks I'm crazy. But after that, I tried my hardest to not sleep in that room anymore. Uh, and I moved into the guest bedroom where I slept with my mom for probably like 15 years after that. It was a few months later, we found out that the man that we had purchased the condominium from, he had moved in with his girlfriend and then he beat her to death. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I've always kind of felt like that was her. I mean, and that was kind of clarification for me at that point. And I don't know why she came back to that room or what happened, but it was, I felt like it was a woman. And when I found out that he had actually killed her, I just knew it was her. You could just feel it, right? Yeah, I really could. So when you have an experience like that at such a young age, obviously, because I believe that there's certain people that are maybe a little more conduits to to this type of activity that kind of um, are more apt to experience these sort of things. Absolutely. Did that kind of open the door for you to start investigating other stories? It did. And I mean, I'll tell you honestly, it, I'm almost sad that I haven't had more experiences. I kind of thought after that I would have big experiences like that throughout my life. Right. And Rebecca and I both, the people that we've talked to, like the empaths, it's so strange when you half the time you'll ask people, do you have a ghost story? And they'll say, no, the other half, they'll say, well, which one do you want to hear first? Right. Like there's clearly people who seem to have a direct line. I don't think I do. I think that I had that one moment 
And since we started the podcast, mm-hmm. I've had a few on and off weird things happen. I know Rebecca has too. Yeah. But I definitely think there are people out there that are far more sensitive to it than others. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think too, it, it depends kind of where you are physically, you know, what kind of atmosphere is surrounding you mm-hmm. and all those sort of things. Have you ever had any type of experience like that, Rebecca? Um, so one of the things is like, I wish I had like a defining moment that got to the ghost thing, but there really isn't one other than I had a girlfriend just randomly say, Hey, you want to go on a ghost hunt this weekend? And I was like, Oh, okay. I don't have anything else better to do. Why not? So I ended up at this like old abandoned, like insane asylum outside of San Antonio. And of course the chick that's taking us on this tour or whatever, she's got all these gadgets and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know that I believe all these gadgets and right. You know, this, that, and the other. But then when I went home, things started happening at my house that I could not explain. And there would be times in the middle of the night, and I think it's... I think it's something that's attached to a cabinet that I have in my house or whatever, but there would be times in the middle of the night where I would wake up and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like some, something is here. Something is watching me. And there would be this like black blob. And it's a shadow. And I can tell you it was male. I can tell you it had long hair and I think maybe native American. And I think it was attached to the cabinet that was upstairs in the corner of our bedroom and, but since I removed the cabinet, none of that stuff has happened. Yeah, it's that oppression. Yes, that it's crazy it's, oppression that you That's feel. the only way I know how to describe it. And it's like the little hairs on the back of your neck start to stand up and you just, you can feel it. And then when you, I don't, it's almost like static on a TV. Yes. It's yeah. like this black and white static that I can see mm-hmm. 10 feet in front of me, but I don't know what it is. Right. And it's just a difference, a change in the energy. Yeah, in the it's room. so yeah. weird. And I don't, that's the best way I know how to describe it. Yeah, you know, I did a show um, a few years ago for the Travel Channel where we were kind of, you know, looking for monsters and ghosts in Louisiana Bayou. And, you know, you're looking for the Rougarou and these type of, you know, advanced Bigfoot type creatures and that sort of thing. But there was a moment there where we were kind of in a, in a kind of a supposed burial ground. And I can give, I give the details when I do your show. But bottom line was you could feel as a mammal like as an animal that you, I have to get out of here. Like there's stuff going on here. That's beyond yeah. ha 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 ghost story, ghost story. Like you said, the electricity and the feeling inside of your body that this is not cool. And this is not something you want to be making fun of. Right. Well, and there's that, there's the fight or flight feeling too. Exactly. I had my daughter one time when she was younger, she was all into Bigfoot. So we would go out to places and like hit on trees with sticks and stuff and make Bigfoot calls. Yes. <laughs> We went to this place, um, what do they call it, Goat Island, where uh-huh. the goat man is supposedly, it's north of Fort Worth, and we were walking around this island, you know, hitting on trees with sticks and doing the calls and just being silly, but I had that moment where I needed to run, and the hair was standing up on my neck and everything, where all of us, like you said, all of a sudden it wasn't a joke anymore, and I got my kids and we got out of there. <laughs> So when when you talk about like you know your shows and you've been on for for a few years now, where are you finding the guests? Is the word getting around that you guys are doing this? Because once again, I mean it, it's hard to find people to, to talk about this unless you get into the scene. In which case, it gets easier and easier. So honestly, we started with our friends first. Yeah, because those are people we trust. We know they're not lying to us. So mm-hmm. we start. We literally asked every friend 
that we knew had a ghost story to come on the podcast and probably entire season one is all of our friends, right? Right. And if you have a story, the email address is hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. But that's what's so cool about like that first season, especially the stories that you're hearing. Like now we talk to a lot of people from paranormal yeah. or ufologists or Bigfoot enthusiasts, like but in the beginning, it was just friends of ours. We're talking like radio nerds. Yeah. Um, or accountants. Friends of friends. Because we would be like, okay, well, if you've got a friend that's got a story, please direct them to us. Right. So in It was the, word of mouth, basically. Right. So um, that's what's so funny is when people are given that opportunity to tell the story and they know they're not going to be smeared at or right. whatever, how excited they are to finally share mm-hmm. it. Right. I found that too. Like you said, when people know they kind of have a safe haven to tell their stories and you're not going to get, you know, ridiculed for having them. I think that that's, like I said earlier, it's one of the reasons why people enjoy doing my show. Cause I'll never you know, attack you for what you may or may not have seen or what you may or may not believe. And I think once that word gets around, people feel safe uh, coming on your show to tell these stories that sometimes they might get laughed at or scoffed at about. Well, and we would never like say, we don't believe you, or we would never call out anything in a story and say, well, that's not possible because of this. Because I mean, I really, I believe 90%. I I do too. I think some of the stories, especially like grandpa ghost stories that we get, they could easily be embellished. Some things could be explained away. And one thing that's funny is when you talk to people who do listen to the podcast, the stories that they claim are BS. They're like, oh, I didn't believe Lucky. Right. Or I didn't believe so-and-so. And it's always a story. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I believe literally every single person that's been on our show. Yes. I believe occasionally meth might be involved. It, it's sometimes. There's always that one or two. But I mean, and we come at it, I think, from a logistic standpoint. Right. We try to go around and, well, could it have been this? Could it have been that that you were hearing? Right. Um, we try to ask the questions, too, that whoever is yes. listening would be thinking. Like, well, are we sure that that's not light reflecting off of something? Right. Is that dust? Or is it, yeah, you know. The air conditioning blowing weird on a flag or something. Right. Because mm-hmm. the reality is a lot of these stories can be explained away. We had a great one about a girl and it was a, a story that her grandfather had told. She sent it to us from Hawaii. And uh, I think he, when he was a little boy, his babysitter, they knew she was into witchcraft yeah. and they went to pick her up one day. They couldn't find her, but he opened a closet door and this giant walking doll comes walking out and calling his name. Which is a brilliant story. Yeah. But the reality is, is like at that point in time, there were these walking dolls that they were actually selling in like the 1930s. Oh my gosh. 50s. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe it was that. It could have been. It could have. But then you're also pooping on grandpa's, you know, 50 year old ghost story. (laughs) When you mentioned um, grandpa ghost stories, is there different genres of ghost stories that you put them into into categories? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> is this the time to bring up dead pet of the week? We can bring up dead pet of the week. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a little segment on our show. It's called dead pet of the week because we kept getting these stories about um, people's loved, what loved their beloved pets that had died and come back to visit them, you know, the next week or the next month or whatever. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Chris. And in fact, we do a dead pet of the week theme song. Oh Fozzie needs to do the dead pet of the week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That would be amazing. No, everybody has these wonderful stories. We actually are resting it because I hate to say this. I know. Sadly, Julie's my cat just died. died. Yeah. So oh, okay. Feeling a little guilty about doing dead pet of the week, but we have those, but we've also had a lot of uh, grandma ghost stories lately. Yeah. 
Where we thought about doing Dead Grandma all the week, but thought that might be a touch insensitive. Probably pushing it yeah. a little bit. But where people are um, laying in bed and their great grandma comes walking in. And just or out of the furnace. Or out of the furnace. Oh, my gosh. Or she comes limping down the hallway, and that's how they find out it was <laughs> great grandma, yeah. Josephine, or whatever. Right, because she had broken her ankle at some point and dragged her <laughs> foot for the rest of her life. So we get tons of the grandma stories. Yeah. Um, we don't get enough UFO stories. I really want more UFO stories. And the Bigfoot stories are some of my favorites because yeah. people just, you know, it's, I think most people are comfortable saying if they believe in ghosts or mm -hmm. UFOs. Mm -hmm. people, Bigfoot, not so much. Not so much. And even stories that we have, people will say it's a, a big, big, hairy something. Yeah. They won't say Bigfoot. It was big. It was hairy. It and was it like was something. Yeah. It was like eight feet tall. You're like, that's Bigfoot. That's a Bigfoot. <laughs> so why do people not want to say that? Like, I don't know. It's so weird. And it's usually the guys that don't want to admit that yeah. there is some sort of paranormal or some sort of Bigfoot or some sort of something out there. I'd say 90% of the stories that come from men Start with the guy saying, I, I've never I believed believe. this. I don't believe until it happened to me. Mm -hmm. And even then, you can tell they call BS on any other ghost story right. that they heard. But not their own. Right. Theirs they believe. Well, let's talk about some specific stories because you sent me a whole list of really crazy, interesting titles and ideas and that sort of thing. Let's tell us. And let's, I know you said that there's a crazy one about the ring doorbell story, but let's we'll save that for the grand finale when we end up getting there. But tell us some of your favorites. I mean, there's, there's such a list here. I don't even want to go through it. I want you guys to kind of tell us some of the some of the interesting things that you've heard okay. uh, over the last three years. Well, oh, gosh. One of the weird things that we've found are like um, the sexy ghost stories, which you wouldn't oh, right. expect this to happen. Yeah, meaning they like to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I mean. Showing up at the most inopportune. Tell him about Bobby Mack. So we have this guy on, his name's Bobby Mack, and this was like his first time, I guess, getting intimate with his friend. I think he was like 16 at the time. And uh, they really kind of start getting into it. Her parents are out of town, yeah. so they're taking advantage of the moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, he's new to this, so he doesn't know where to go goes where and all that good stuff <laughs> at one point his pants are down and they're around his ankles and she's got these little figurines that are sitting on the dresser and before you know it all the figurines just are like gone off the dresser right they go flying off the dresser like somebody knocked them and the girlfriend goes "Ooh, somebody's angry <laughs> <laughs> bobby mack being a dude Thought she was talking about his junk. Yeah. Yeah, his junk. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, oh, yeah, dirty talk. I'm totally into this. Yes. And that's when the door like flings open. So he's thinking, oh my gosh, her parents are home and they found us. They've caught us mid act or whatever. And so he turns around to look and that's when the door slams shut. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. I can't, I can't be around this or whatever. Yeah. So he's, his, his exact words were, I ran out of there harder than times in 1920, girl. I was gone. Yeah. And then we had Mrs. Anderson. We had a woman. Were they in Austin? Yes. So they had a renovated home. And uh, and this really sweet woman who called to tell us this story. Yeah. Um, she was a little older. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how they named their ghost Mrs. Anderson. Because that was the name of the elderly woman who had lived passed in, away there. Right. And so Mrs. Anderson didn't like the renovations. And she would, like, throw flowers around and leave a mess. But the main thing Mrs. Anderson would do is when this woman and her husband would start fooling around, Mrs. Anderson would flick on the lights. Hmm. 
And she said initially that was like a showstopper. They would just stop everything. Yeah. But then after a while, they were like, Mrs. Anderson's going to watch no matter what we do. So, so they would just keep going. Enjoy the show, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's kind of those are playful sexual ghosts. They're not succubuses or incubuses or any of that sort of thing. Well, yeah, yeah. Unless, unless you really don't want to be touched. We had another woman who worked at an old folks' home, and she would <laughs> feel these grabs. Like she said, one time she's in the kitchen and she's all bent over doing something. She says, "I'm, I'm out, boobs out, booty out," <laughs> and she feels this hand grab her, cold hand, cold hand, cold dead hand. She actually said, "I'm thinking." How did you sneak up behind me without me hearing your walker? <laughs> and she turns around and there's no one there. So then like a week later, she has a migraine. So she takes some ibuprofen. She's laying down on the sofa with her eyes covered to kind of like, you know, recover. And she said she feels this cold, dry finger snaking down the waistband of her pants. And she opens her eyes and there's no one there. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So they, they can get gropey they too. They can get a little touchy feely, you know. So there's perv ghosts as well. Yeah. Yes. I guess, I did, who knew? Ghosts have needs. Right. <laughs> tell tell the, um, the Danny story at the Lizzie Borden house. Uh, so we actually had this woman on named Danny, and she, she calls herself the Queen of Halloween. And um, she spent a weekend at the Lizzie Borden house. And if you don't know who Lizzie Borden is, um, he she, knows who Lizzie Borden she's is. She's the axe murderer, right? <laughs> she murdered her whole family with an axe. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when she saw what she has done, she gave her father 41. Yeah! 41. Yeah! Well done. You know, <laughs> Good job. That place is actually a B and B now. So yeah, you can so go and spend stay the night. there. Is it really? Yes. yes, yes. It's in Falls. What? Let me find it. Fall River, Massachusetts. Oh my goodness. Okay. And uh, yeah, so she actually sent us some EVPs from this house, and we think that it might have been Lizzie Borden herself saying things. And what was it, what was she saying? Okay, so the voices are actually kind of responding to Danny's questions. Yeah, she's asking questions, and then she's getting like specific feedback. Right. Cause there was one like, is this where the body was found? And she hears a man's voice say the downstairs parlor. And then there's another point where she says, um, she's talking about how many years Lizzie got. Yeah. And, um, and she hears a woman very clearly say yes. So those EV actually, and we have a YouTube channel, the haunted AF YouTube channel. We have those EVPs so you can go and listen to them. But the best EVP that Danny sent to us and it wasn't at the Lizzie Borden house, but it's just so clear. And the EVPs blow my mind because they, like, they're crazy. They're crazy. No, EVPs, just so people who don't know, are like kind of audio recordings of spiritual activity. Yes. yes. Basically, right? Yeah, okay. Yes. And it's so wild when you hear people ask questions and you hear these whispery voices yeah. respond. So Danny is standing. She says there's an attic above her and she doesn't want to go into the attic. So she's just holding her recorder up to it. And she's asking questions. And then you hear this voice and it just says, come up here. It's hmm. so clear. And, yeah. And like, even we even like broke the audio down and put it up so that people could, so our fans could actually see the audio and you can actually see when it says come up here, you can see the audio go up and down. You see the peaks and valleys. Like it is a voice. It is incredible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of stuff, you know, once again, for people that have no interest or no belief, there's so many little bits of evidence like that. To, even if you're completely opposed to the whole concept, you have to at least be smart enough to realize there's things that you can't explain, you know? Right. Well, and we think about just our podcast. We have a minimum of five ghost stories a week. Yeah. After all the weeks that we have been doing this, if even only 1% of those stories couldn't be explained away. Right. That's still a lot. Yeah. That's still really something to contend with. 
Is there certain areas of the country that seem to have more activity than others? You know, I feel like there are some... New Orleans always seems to come up. Yes. But I think those are just like when you have like the famously haunted Mm -hmm. places. But really, I think that it happens everywhere because most of the stories that we get are not haunted hotels or haunted restaurants. It's just something crazy that happened in someone's house. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely think older locations. But even then, I mean, I think you can be in a place that's a thousand years old and there not be any sort of spiritual activity, but then you can be in a house that was built last month and something can happen. So it kind of comes and goes. But um, we did have one, I think theaters tend to have a lot of activity. Uh, And we've discussed this before because we had so many theater stories, probably just because of the energy and how much people who are involved in theater, how much they love it, when you're on stage and there's no better feeling than being in the spotlight. So why not, why wouldn't you want to stay there forever? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a theater here in town is the Frank Lloyd Wright. No, I'm sorry. The The Kalita Humphreys theater that was actually designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Okay. It was supposedly it's haunted by Frank Lloyd Wright because he got pissed off because he didn't get to see it finished being built. Right. He died before they finished it. And um, they rearranged the way you took stuff on and off stage. And so now anytime there's like a rehearsal with props and stuff, like he gets in there and messes everything up. Yeah. They'll come in after practice, the morning after practice, where all the props have been left in specific places and they've just been thrown everywhere. But the best Kalita Humphreys theater story that we've gotten, our friend B.J. Cleveland, he's a a great local actor. He's phenomenal. He was on The Facts of Life, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But B.J. has a million stories from the Kalita Humphreys theater, but his best one, they're working late one night at practice. He goes in to pee. (laughs) He's in the men's bathroom, and he hears in the stalls behind him this, like, stomping and somebody clearing their throat. (laughs) (laughs) And it just keeps happening. And he's like, what do you want from me? <laughs> so he fixed Wait, he didn't think it was a ghost at first. He thought it was a person that was like just having a hard time. Yes, right? yes. So he goes over. He's like, I'm, I'm looking under the stalls, trying to figure out who's in there having trouble. Like, do you need some help? Yeah. And he's, he doesn't see any feet. So he starts pushing open the doors to figure out what's going on. He gets freaked out. He gets to the very last door. And BJ actually like kicked, kicked it, it open. In. And there was no one there. So he says he goes running out into the auditorium and screaming like a big girl is what he says. <laughs> and he drags everybody back to the bathroom with him. He's like, Frank's in the bathroom, y'all. Frank's here. So they're standing there in the bathroom waiting for something to happen. And one of the sinks turned on by itself. Which is crazy. Yeah. And then it was a few weeks later, same production. Uh, they're doing a dress rehearsal. Just in the middle of everything, one of the lights, the onstage lights, exploded. And there was a stool sitting on the stage, went flying across the just flying across the stage without anyone touching it. Yeah. And they were like, Frank does not like this production. Nope. He's officially pissed. Does not approve. <laughs> yeah. He was totally completely out of those ones. You know, it's funny. There's, um, have you guys ever heard the one at the Roosevelt in Hollywood? Oh yeah. Tell us, tell us. Well, I mean, there's, the, the, I, you probably know a lot more about it than I do, but the, the ghost of Montgomery Clift Ooh. apparently roams the halls playing a trumpet or had in the past. <laughs> Yeah, one night we got kind of loaded and we found out which room it was and just kind of hung out in front of the room waiting for Montgomery. Monty, where are you? <laughs> I don't know if, when we saw him if it was because we were really loaded or if he actually appeared, but uh, it was a fun night all the same. See, okay, and Chris, when you come back to Dallas, we need to go on a ghost hunt. Yes. I don't know if I like that sort of stuff, though. Like, what if you actually saw something? That would freak me out. Like I said, the, the way I felt in the in the bayous of New Orleans – with these, you know, the, the the static and the and the and the goosebumps and just the feeling of 
of distress. Like, like I said, it's a real thing. And, and anybody that's listening, that goes, Oh, come on. I'm like, I am not, you know, I'm not doing this just to get a reaction. It was a real, real deal, you know? Oh no. But no. here's the thing. Not all ghosts are bad. No, there's you, not all of them will give you that impending like kind of feeling like there's some good, nice, sweet ghosts out there. And the reality is, is most of the time, Nothing happens. And that's part of the reason yes. that Rebecca and I don't do legit investigations because there's always that, that feeling of disappointment. Right. Or even, like you said, um, you just scare the crap out of yourself. I actually taped a ghost TV show, a pilot for one, drink. You have to drink anytime I mention oh, yeah. it because I talk about it all the time. Right. I taped the pilot and it was the worst ghost hunting TV show ever because we <laughs> never pretended like we saw anything but there would be multiple times that I would be convinced that something was happening, that I'm seeing something. And, and then I realized a few minutes later, it's like, no, that's just a big, long hair that's on my arm that's tickling me. There's not a ghost touching me. Like, there would be those moments where you'd get scared to death and then nothing, nothing would actually happen. So, yeah, this, I agree with you, but I still I love going to old places, yeah, old fun. buildings. We actually, we found this old graveyard. Like right here in Dallas. Yes, it's in an old industrial area. And uh, the reason we heard about it is because it had been untended. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of some of the original founders of Dallas who were buried in this little graveyard. But there's all these industrial, what is this, like masonry companies. Yeah, it's like granite. Right. Granite and tile all around. It's so strange. It's right around this little tiny cemetery. But the people who work in these um, masonry shops or in these showrooms talk about ghost children. And they see this little boy. Mm -hmm. They hear the feet and the laughter. And every single building around this little cemetery talk about that. So Rebecca and I went out. It's actually, it's the Mooneyham Sparkman Cemetery. And we've got that one on YouTube as well. But um, so we went and interviewed a bunch of people, got all these great stories. We literally had a story from every single shop yeah. that was around oh, wow. We were full-blown Nancy Drewing yeah. at that point. <laughs> but we got to the cemetery and the crazy thing is I'd say 75% of the graves in that cemetery were like from what? Eight, oh, they're all kids. They were all kids, and from like some of them, some of them as old as like eighteen seventy-two, yes. and oh yeah, from way way back. But most of these were children's graves, and that's what Rebecca and I both were like, "Holy cow, right. this is something." I will say though, we didn't, we didn't, we won't say that we found anything there. But the entire time that we were there and filming, Julie's phone was like so long. Yes, it would turn on and off, and then it would like freeze. Yeah, and that's. I don't know if that means anything. I think my phone is the empath. Neither one of us are empaths. It's her cell phone. Yeah, because we went to a haunted pizza joint in Carrollton, too. <laughs> Which it did the same thing at that place as well. Yep, and we couldn't get any pictures to take or yeah. anything. And then everything went blank until I got into my car. And then it was all fine and, after that. Yeah, so it's my phone. That's it, the ghostly phone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about the fact is that you guys tell these stories with such enthusiasm. Um, and that, that makes it fun to listen to them. You know what I mean? Like there, there's certain voices that when you hear, it gives you an extra little spark to, to, to want to hear more about it. So it's, uh, it's very cool to, to be talking with you guys and all these sort of things. But I want to ask you a little bit more about some of the haunted, um, if you guys have had haunted artifact stories. Because I, I went to, um, gosh, I can't remember what his name is right now. I'll look it up. But he was the kind of the nephew of the Warrens, of Ed and Lorraine Warren. And he basically had all of their collections in his garage. And I'm like, dude, this is the most haunted garage in America. Yes. It's awful. 
But you see some of these things, and they really do have a vibe of, like, once again, this isn't just some kind of a joke. There's something strange encapsulated inside of this thing. Mm. So honestly, most recently, the story that we had, and you may have actually seen this in the New York Times and, like, on CNN, um, it was, was a haunted Elsa doll. Like, you know the movie Frozen? Right. So Elsa, this a little girl had an Elsa doll that kept coming back. Um, we actually spoke to Emily Madonia, who was the owner of this Elsa doll. And it was getting a little ratty and tattered and had uh, child's drawings all over her face. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, we need to throw this thing away. It's getting pretty nasty. So they did. They threw it in the trash. And two weeks later... No joke, this doll popped up in their backyard on the porch. No, no. The oh, first wait, that was time. the second time. I'm yeah. sorry. The first time, it ends up in their cedar chest. Yes. And they don't even find it until they're looking for, like, stockings or yes. something. And this At is Christmas. a cedar chest with books and everything on top of it. So they're like, why is this doll in here? So the mom and the dad get freaked out. They put it in the trash can. Well, and they, we have to talk about how they double bagged it. Like, so yeah. they put it inside <laughs> yeah. a trash bag and then wrapped it up and then put it inside another trash bag with all of their trash on top. Both uh, Emily and her husband walked the, tr- the garbage truck or the garbage can out to the end of the driveway they waited. They watched the <laughs> they watched the garbage man come and pick it up and put it and haul it off. And then two weeks later, and it was two weeks each time that this doll came back, and it was in the backyard. Yeah, like just hanging out on the patio, just chilling. We've got at hauntedaf.com. We've got pictures of that, but they do, and they know it was her because she had the same markings. Yes, on her. all over her face or whatever. And she said that her daughter is the one that found it in the backyard, and she just started blood curdle scream from the backyard. Oh my gosh! Her husband screamed. The Sorry. daughter thought it was That's like right. Elf on the shelf. That's right. She's like, Elf She's like, Elf. Elf's back. And the funny thing about this one is that when we heard the story, I kind of wanted to call BS on it because I'm like, surely it's the husband or the wife messing like with each other. Like they're playing a prank. Surely we're, they're messing with each other. So when we interviewed Emily, she swears. She, she swore till she was blue in the face that they were not messing with each other. And when you listen to her, she sounds legit scared. Yeah. Like it's, it seems so she ended up mailing it to a friend of hers up in, what, where is it, Wisconsin or I something? I think so. Who's currently got poor Elsa uh, duct taped to the front end of his Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. As far as we know, we haven't heard anything out of Elsa since. So it might have been the duct tape that did the trick. Yeah, but, that um, she can't uh, do anything nefarious right yeah. now. But no, I do I do believe that, that things – and I feel like there are oftentimes where people will assume that there's something that the house is haunted or there's a person. But I feel like a lot of times it could be. Like Rebecca was talking about her haunted shelf, you know. Yeah, my cabinet. The cabinet. Like yeah. I do think that things can be – can attach to items. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's kind of always the theory, right? It's If they're attached to items or even attached to people. Like it's not the house per se if the person could move to a different house, but the – the entities could kind of follow them there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, and we always wonder too, if like specific neighborhoods are affected, like we, one of the best ghost stories we've had, Laura, she reached out to us very early on and she had this super duper haunted house. Did we tell him the story? I don't think so. Yeah. Because, uh, Laura's little sister would actually float down the stairs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. In the middle of the night. Right. And they would, I mean, even the parents witnessed it. This kid floating. We thought she was kidding. We were like, do you mean she just ran down the stairs so fast? Right. And she said, no. 
Her feet were not touching the ground. She floated down the stairs. Like a foot off the ground. And they even had like a university investigation team. This was in the 1960s, back when universities actually still did paranormal investigations. Mm -hmm. Right. They came out to the house and they said there was just a really angry spirit there. But then we found out later on that that was in the same neighborhood as Ariel Castro, where all those horrible kidnappings were taking place. So then you have to wonder like what... I I think evil sometimes congregates with other evil. Well, yeah, they talk about portals um, or just cursed areas or what do they call those lines? Oh, 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 um, Chris, do you know there are those fault lines supposedly? Oh my gosh, what are those faults? I know what you're talking about, kind of spiritual lines where there's more activities around these certain areas. Yeah. Hemispheres, whatever they may be. Yeah. Who was Ariel Castro again? Ariel Castro is the guy... He kidnapped three women. Gotcha. Yeah, he kept them in his house for so long that one of them even gave birth oh to gosh. one of his yeah. kids. That's and right, yeah. Once they, he ended up killing himself in prison, mm-hmm. I believe. But yeah, I mean, I think that he was a block away from Laura's house. Well, like you said, I mean, I did another show. <laughs> this is more of a pilot that never got picked up about the uh, Bridgewater Triangle in New Hampshire, which kind of is the most haunted area of North America. I can't remember exactly the dimensions, but it's something like, you know, 200 miles by 200 miles. Apparently it's where a lot of bloodshed happened in the war of King David right before the the Civil War. A lot of Indians were were, were butchered by the colonials. And there's all sorts of activity there within this area that's designated kind of, like you said, by the, we'll call them hemispheres. We'll get, we'll get the experts that tell us what we're trying to figure out, but there's certain, <laughs> there's certain areas, like you said, that have a lot more activity because evil attracts evil. Well, and also, you know, uh, these like areas where, uh, there was a lot of bloodshed during the civil mm-hmm. war, you know, yeah. and you always hear, Oh gosh, where did Lincoln give his feet? Get her. In Gettysburg, you always hear about how even today, if you walk around the city and smell this horrible yes. smell, and no one can really—it's not garbage, it's not sewage—and they—they they describe it like a rotting flesh type smell, hmm. right? But like you said, there's that much bloodshed, that much mm-hmm. horror that happens in one specific place. Can can that be cleansed? Can that go away? Just as a side note, the guy's name is John Zaffis. That's the guy, he's haunted collector of all the, the, the artifacts. So I know someone's going to burn me if I don't remember it. So uh, um, what about like kind of areas, funeral homes and cemeteries and that sort of an area, morgues and mausoleums? You know, we haven't really, uh, I think the only time that we've really gotten a morgue story um, we did have a ghost story and it was from a woman who was an empath and she says she came from a family of empaths mm-hmm. and her grandmother actually worked at a funeral home. Yeah. And so she would talk about how the very first day they went to her grandmother's house, I think that she like part of it was a funeral home and the other part was yeah. her house. They were standing there waiting for her to open the door and they get, they ring the doorbell, they hear steps, they hear a door close, they hear someone walking up to the door and then the door never opens. They start pounding on the door. And after a little bit, they realize there's actually no one there. The grandmother was not in the house. So, but she talked about in the time that she spent there, she would see, oh gosh, like she said in her bedroom, you could look out the and see the roof from her bedroom window. 
and that she would see people on the roof that, and she, and she, again, I think she was an empath because yeah. she talked about just seeing this stuff all the time. And she even said, you know, people talk about seeing ghosts or apparitions, how they're not really there. The things that she saw, they were there. So, but it's really one of the only stories that we've gotten out of a, a funeral home. Yeah. I, there's got to be more. I would love to hear those. How about from cemeteries? Other than the other than the cemetery, I think that we investigated. Right. No, the um, Sparkman Mooneyham is really the only cemetery ghost story that we have gotten. I think we, that we did talk to one woman who said that when she drove by, she got an eerie feeling, and then one time she saw like a grave digger digging or whatever, and she's like, "Wait, what? Why would I see that?" And then she circled back around, and he was gone. And he was gone. That was at the Sparkman Mooneyham. Yeah, yeah. And then that's the only really th- that's the only graveyard story that I can really think of. Yeah, there was another one. Um, uh, this was like part two to a story. This girl said that uh, her father died when she was very young. She would, anytime she would go to find his grave at the cemetery, it was always, she couldn't find it. She'd always get lost. Mm-hmm. And that one day she was at the cemetery and she saw this great big feather on the ground and she walked towards the feather because it was an owl feather and you never see those. And she was all excited and she picked it up and realized she was standing right in front of her father's gravestone. So um, really, I think that's more, it's more the kind of gentle family type ghost stories that, um, that we've gotten. Those are kind of the, 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 the happy ones that bring kind of a smile to your face, right? Yeah. Yeah. We do get a lot of, a lot of those where it's like someone's just a, the God wink, I guess you would call it where it just feels like you're getting a little tap from the other side. Yeah. Yeah. We get a ton of those. We also get prank ones too. Oh yeah. The ones that aren't really happening, which is always such a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) When uh, we had one woman who, um, it was her grandfather was playing a prank on them or whatever. And they thought it was the parent. Oh my gosh. Bonnie's story. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, that was at a cemetery, but yeah, Bonnie and her family were, they were, I guess it was the 10th anniversary of her grandfather's passing. So they were sitting around, it was storming outside, the lights were off, and uh, they, they were, were all, telling, reminiscing, telling they were stories about grandpa. Telling stories about grandpa in a dark room, and then all of a sudden there was silence, and they heard this voice in the middle of the room go, <laughs> hello! <laughs> and they could never figure out what it was. They called the police, they had the house search, they could never figure where this weird hello came they from. They thought maybe it was like a lost parrot from the neighborhood yes, or whatever. They found a lost parrot sign <laughs> and they thought, oh thank goodness. So they called the owners of the parrot to find out if it could talk. And they were like, No, no, it's not that. It's not a talking parrot. So they could never and so Bonnie had decided that that was their grandfather yeah, playing, playing a, a prank. prank. Yeah. <laughs> How about as far as like terrifying ones? Have you ever had anybody on who was scared for their life or haunted still to this day sort of thing? Yes. And I'll tell you, we got it. And this is an indirect ghost story because this guy is a little too nervous to reach out to us directly. But his friend, this girl named Araya, has been sending us stories from this guy who's a truck driver. And um, he apparently, he had two instances one where he's just parked at the like the center for the weekend and he hears pounding on his truck. And it's like this, it's not, I don't know how to describe it, but he hears it on one side. So he goes over and opens the window to kind of look out, see what's going on. There's nothing there. Then he hears the pounding on the other mm-hmm. side. So then he gets out of his truck and he hears the noises coming from other trucks in the facility, but there's no one else there. There's no reason for the pounding. Hmm. So then another time he's um, on the road, he's pulled over to stop for the night 
And then for no reason, the truck or the trailer starts shaking violently. Like as if a tornado was coming like right over him. Right. So he's thinking he's being directly targeted. I think a month later, he's in this accident. The way they described it to us was an unexplained accident. They couldn't figure out why, but it was like the, the front end of his, the bed of his, not the bed. The, 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 the trailer the part was like ripped off. Yeah. So, it, so it, yeah, they couldn't explain why this whole thing was dented in and torn. And he has no idea what happened. So he's out of that truck now, but he still says he will be traveling and he feels physically threatened, un understandably. Well, yeah. The crazy thing is if you Google trucker ghost stories, this is a common thing. Mm -hmm. This seems to be happening all the time. And even once we told his story on the air, we started getting more stories from truck drivers who've experienced something similar. And one guy even, he wakes up, same thing. His, his truck is shaking violently. There's no wind. There's no reason for it. There's pounding on both sides. There's no one there. He runs up to the cab of his truck to start it up so he can take off. And he sees three other trucks doing it at the exact same, same time. time. Wow. In the middle of the night. So he says he's convinced that they were experiencing the same thing that, that he was. So that feels like a threatening, scary Very thing. Much so. And again, if you Google it, these stories are everywhere. Yeah. It's wild. See, I can see that though, because I mean, traveling down you know a desert highway, desolate highway in the middle of the night is creepy enough on its own. Right. You've got that on top of the fact of what are you transporting? Who knows what you're transporting? Yep. There's, I mean, like you said, the areas that you're going through, there's a lot of things involved here. I also think when you're alone, you're probably a little more vulnerable right. to an attack like that. Yeah. Um, because who's going to believe you if they didn't see it? And right. nobody else saw it. Who, I mean, who's to say you're not just crazy or whatever? Well, yeah. There's a whole rabbit hole on the internet of trucker stories like this. There's yeah. something to what he's saying. But Rebecca kind of, that's something I wanted to mention because since we started the podcast, we've had lots of people reaching out and saying like haunted AF is giving me ghosts. Yeah. So you, you wonder, there's something about this thought process when you kind of open yourself up to this type of thinking or these stories that all of a sudden it does seem to start happening more. And um, you notice it more. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. you've opened up a window somehow to allow these things to happen to you now. Right. Well, I think there's something to be said about that as well. You know, it's kind of like the old Ouija board thing. If you start messing with things you don't understand, it, sometimes that can mess back to you. Which, have you ever played with a Ouija board? Oh we my will, gosh. We will not touch no. one. Here's a really, I, I, I should never ask women how old they are, but um, I don't know if you guys are 80s kids or 90s kids or 2000s kids or whatever, but in the 80s, so we found a, a Ouija board and there was a couple chicks that were obsessed with Randy Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Maybe obsessed. They, they were obsessed with the guitar player, Randy Rhodes, from, from uh, Ozzy's band. He passed away like in 1982 in a plane crash. And they were trying to talk to Randy Rhodes. And I was like, whatever. And I'm telling you, out of nowhere, we saw this long blonde hair kind of floating down from the ceiling higher than the rest of us and nobody there had long blonde hair randy rhodes did oh my god and i'll never forget that at least how how random you know you could be you could be a skeptic and go oh whatever it's probably just you know a dust moat that blew up a piece of hair or whatever or you can actually say like you know give me a sign randy and this piece of blonde hair this strand of blonde hair falls from the ceiling you know what i mean like it's almost too close oh my god that's amazing that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had a couple of Ouija board stories, and they're uh, like, 
They're bad. They're, they're not bad. good. We they're will not bad. touch a Ouija board. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's... What Ouija board stories do you have? What happened? Uh, so we had one where there was uh, your friend. Was, yeah, I know. And I feel guilty even telling the story because it involves suicide. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, oh, gosh. But my friend Dana came on the podcast and she told us a story about playing with a Ouija board. And so they were, what was happening? They had the little planchette mm -hmm. and it started saying things to Dana because Dana was asking questions about her cousin Yeah, and it started responding in a way like it was actually her, her cousin. cousin. Mm. And so then it starts going repeatedly back to no, no, no. And she says, are you all right? And it answers no. And she says, where are you? And it said, and it inhaled. Jeez. Yeah. So I've always felt really I feel guilty about I know, that story. I, I, I know, but I mean, that is honestly one of the most terrifying stories I think we've ever had. Because right. We've never had a Ouija board story end well. It, yeah, no. No, and one of my friends, I've been trying to get him on the podcast, but I'm going to tell his damn story anyhow. <laughs> he um, used to make Ouija boards Ooh. when he was a kid. He said they were totally into it. Mm -hmm. Springfield, Missouri, doing drugs, making their Ouija boards, <laughs> whatever. And they had this little cabin in the woods where they were making their Ouija boards and then they would mess with them. And they even had the books about like what you needed to, how you needed to make them, the rules you needed to follow to oh make sure it was legit. It was one night, they're all in there hanging out in their little shed and that the wind kicked up. And what exactly happened? Like all the doors like flew open. Nope, that's and what I'm out. this wind just like whipped through the cabin. And he said they all took off running out into the woods. Like they all just knew in that moment, like, okay, we now it's fighting back. Yeah. We have done something wrong. They all go taking off running into the woods. And that's the end of the story. But he, after that, he was like, won't have anything to do with the Ouija board. He's never touched one since. Um, but yeah, I, I, we've never had a Ouija board story. And oh, wait. There well, was a happy one. There was that one. What was the it? The Ouija board told a woman about her who her husband was going to be. She said, what's my husband's name going to be? And it spelled out Keynote. And so she's like, keynote, that doesn't make any sense. And then she grew up later and she got married. 20 years later, she's telling her husband this story. And uh, his name is Kevin Moat. And she said, well, and he told her, honey, don't you realize you call me Kev? So his name is Kev Moat. Mm -hmm. So that's the only good Ouija board story. Boys and girls do not mess with Ouija no, board. No. Just don't do it. Don't it's do a it. bad idea. And once again, anytime, like you said, if you're if you're getting, you know, Ouija board saying we're in hell and all this stuff, that's just creepy. Like you don't, you never want to read that because no, it's too, not at all. it's too scary. Yeah, like yeah. you said, that takes it from a fun little imp ghost that steals things and puts it over here to like, right. this is some real evil stuff going on. Yeah. I think we definitely prefer the ghosts that are not yeah, threatening. We like, we like the fun ones, but the, the, the scariest ghost story that we do have the most terror. Do you want to hear the ring? Yeah, are you story? ready for it? Yes. This, this is ready for it. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So this came from Chris and uh, it, it was a friend of ours that said, oh, you need to talk to Chris. He has this really crazy story. He's got not, it's not just the house that he's in now. He's been haunted at like three other places before this. So whatever it was, is I think following him to this house. And um, you don't remember that? No. Oh my gosh, yes. He told us that it had gone to several places. Okay. Okay, anyways. Um, so he, the biggest thing is that one of the videos that he sent us was from his ring doorbell where you can clear as day hear something saying, I'll kill you. It's crazy. It started off, and we get a lot of these ring doorbell videos where yeah. it's kind of the little the orb, orb floating around. 
So he keeps getting these and his notification at three o'clock in the morning that something's ringing his doorbell. And for a while there, it was happening on a regular basis, like right. every night or something like that. Right. And they go and they look at the video and they're like, okay, nothing there. And then they started hearing stuff. Right. And that's when he heard, I'll kill you. Yeah. And the first one was like, open the door. And oh. Tear. And again, we've got the, we've got these videos on the Haunted AF YouTube channel because Chris was sweet enough to give them to us so we could yeah. actually just upload them. So and he has other weird things happening in yes. his house. But we said, can we come out? Can we come to your house? Because it's happening at the same time every night. Right. Um, which we then chickened out. We're like, we're not coming at 3 o'clock in the morning. We, we bumped it up to what, 10, 10. p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> Where it was still like kind of light outside. Right. So we just did like a, a little FaceTime live from Chris's front porch and we're drinking wine and he's out there with us with bourbon and everything. It was a very fun night actually. But what was crazy is that before we actually started filming, Julie and I were setting up our, we're setting up our tripod and our phone and getting ready to do the Facebook live or whatever. We did a little test run and I had turned off the camera and right as I turn off the camera, the ring doorbell starts throwing static at us. Yeah. Like 20 solid seconds of just, and Julie and I are looking at each other like frozen for what seemed like an eternity. Yeah. And looking at each other like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yep, we both heard that. And we're also the dumbasses who did not grab our phones and start filming at right. that moment. But it's static. It's like, like you said, like 20 like, seconds yes. of kind of this weird broken static. So then we made Chris go in and pull that part of the video up so we could see what happened. Because we were like... Were you messing with us? Right. Like, like we totally situation? thought he was punking us. Yeah. So we go back and watch and it's wild because when you see the footage, it's just Rebecca and I talking. You can see the both of us and then it just freezes. Right. When the static hits. Right. And then you can hear the static happening. So that's, that's, a, I think we have that one on our Facebook yeah. page. I don't, we weren't able to get no. that on YouTube. And he said it's, he's never heard the ring doorbell, like actually talk back like that. Right. Or the just static, in static just in the static like that. So it was, um, it was, and it was also another one of those areas, like when you pulled into his neighborhood, you were like, dude, yeah, this is weird. And his next door neighbor said that she had things happening there, too. Because, and we had like, there were lights flickering at the house across the street. And mm. then, yeah, we talked to his next door neighbor who had some stuff going on in their attic that they don't go into anymore because right. it's so scary. Um, but yeah, that but, was, I mean, within the first five minutes of us being there and then like, that's when it started to go off. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. That was like you said, that's one of those nights where you're like, maybe I don't want to be in the middle of all of this. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. There's not enough sage in the world to um to <laughs> for that. We both know. I mean, we saged everything. We, we did. Owned. We I mean we saged their whole house, we saged their vehicles, we saged ourselves, we saged our car. I was even inside Julie's trunk, like just to double check. I Thank had a you. I had a rosary yes. that I carried. I carried <laughs> it's still in my car because I'm afraid that if I if I don't leave it there, something bad might happen because of Chris's house. And there was one moment, Chris has small children. And at mm. one point, um, his little boy came out and he was tearful. He's like getting yeah. choked up. And he said, I'm afraid they're going to bring more ghosts. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Oh my oh, God, I know that's bad. That's it. And they're still in that same house there yeah. every now and then he'll say, Oh yeah, things are kicking up again. Right. But, uh, but they're still living there. Is Sage supposed to kind of cleanse you from ghosts? That's the one thing we always hear is, yeah. um, you know, if you, if you feel like you're being haunted, just to get some sage mm -hmm. and burn it around your house and, or whatever the location is that you think is um, inhabited. I say like over the entrances of your doors, over the windows. Right. Um, and just, the, I guess there's something about the smell. I don't know, but you just walk through, 
Um, and somehow you, wards off evil spirits. Right. And you say, you know, you need to leave. This is my home. You don't belong here. And uh, that's one of the things we are constantly told is just if you think you're being haunted, just to ask them to leave. Don't start up a conversation. Right. Don't become pals with them. Just very nicely, but firm. Go get out of my house. This is my house. Right. Even if you think, oh, this is my grandma haunting me. It's like, yeah. oh, maybe not. Tell you know? grandma to go. She, yeah. she probably has friends in heaven that right. like to hang out with her. There's better places Granny. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, last few questions here. What do you think that uh, ghosts are? Gosh, I think there's multiple things going on too. there. I think there's so much out there that is beyond our knowledge and our power or whatever. Right. And I think that's just seeing a tiny little glimpse of whatever is beyond this life. Right. Right after my mom passed away, I had these really intense dreams for about mm -hmm. a month after she died where we were talking. And sometimes she was aware that she was dead and she was upset about it. And they were really intense. They, they really bothered me. But the, the later that the dreams got, she started not knowing where she was. Mm. And again, these were dreams. I was not, but they felt very, very real to me. But it kind of affected how I see spirits. I think maybe sometimes people die and they don't totally understand that they have or what the next step is or where to go. Maybe it takes longer. I don't know. You know That's a great question. Who knows exactly what happens? But I think sometimes a, a ghost could be a spirit that's just stuck somewhere. I think sometimes maybe like with Gettysburg, something so horrible and tragic can happen in a place where it's actually scarred from that moment. Maybe it's not haunted. Maybe it's just it's that just scarred. It's just scarred. That place in general is just marked from then on and you can't be there without feeling it in some way. Um, but I don't know when it comes down to like demons and the scary stuff, like what's at Chris's house. Mm. I don't know what that I is. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, you know, are they, is it energy? Is it uh, something from another dimension? You know what I mean? Is it something literally demonic? I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, but like you said too, there's a lot of kind of, Good feelings when you talk about ghosts and, 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 and apparitions and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, it goes both ways. And what you just said about dimensions, this is something we just started discussing. Mm -hmm. And it was honestly really new to me, this idea that ghosts are actually different from different dimensions. And we've had two different ghost stories about – or not ghost stories, but two different stories about people who hear either a train – or something that yeah. sounds just like a train that comes through with the power mm -hmm. and force and sounds of a train, but there's nothing there. And then we had an entire plane yes. fly over a lake, yet there was no sound and it was gone and only three people saw it. Right. So there are those moments where it seems almost like an interdimensional I mean, kind of thing. Who's to say it isn't? I know. And believe me, I, I feel kind of I know, right? That. Same here. Like, let's just. <laughs> That. <laughs> but it, it it's a wild thing to consider. And yeah. if you really, oh, then it kind of, it really answers a lot of some of the questions you have. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of questions, but a lot of, uh, of great stories to tell as well. And it's, 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 it's great to have you guys also too. I didn't even ask, how did you come up with the, the title? It's so, uh, it's so, it's so the kids are saying it these days, haunted AF. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think your daughter's pretty much your credit for that, Julie. Oh, did they? I think so. Cause we, okay. So we had worked on, we had a different name Yeah, and it was taken. And then we came up with another name and we, it was taken. We really wanted to go with scared shitless. And then we realized <laughs> it's really, really hard to promote your product like that. Yeah. When you have to beep it up for everything. Which is funny <laughs> because we have gotten pushback from some media outlets that yeah. AF is a little too intense, but 
like we tell Rebecca's mom, it stands for awesome fun. Awesome fun. fun. Yeah. So <laughs> it is a good thing, though. It, is, it really is. <laughs> no, but I, I, like, isn't that the one that you ran past Emma? And she's like, yeah, okay, I approve. Yeah, I have a teenage daughter, and she'll shoot down 99.9% right. of any idea. So if I tell her something and she says yes, then we go with it. Then, that. yeah. Go with well, that, she right. was so excited about us talking to you. She was <laughs> over the moon about it. Well, that's funny, too, because as soon as I saw the title, I'm like, well, like, how old are these chicks? You know? And that's like, oh, they, they they have daughters that are 15. And that's great. Yeah, we're old enough, Chris. Yeah, we are old enough. <laughs> well, guys, I really appreciate this. And uh, I'm excited to, to to listen to more of your shows. But I want that's one more thing I want to say. I'm looking through at your uh, at your shows. And you have one from last week that says, Ghosted by Chris Jericho. When did I ghost you? Did I miss an appointment? What did I do? You might bring this up. <laughs> it did. It worked. Now we're talking to you. It did. We thought you, we, I'm not joking. So we, the first time we talked to you, I reached out to you on Twitter. Gosh, how many months? It's like September. Been? It's been a long time. And, um, so we were like so stoked. We were like, yes, we're going to get to talk to Chris Jericho. It's going to be amazing. All this kind of stuff. We bragged about it in several other podcasts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then your crazy schedule wouldn't allow you to talk to us. I, I decided you weren't real. Yeah. I decided you were somebody else hunking. Yeah. Don't you thought yeah. you were fake? Yeah. Is that why you wanted me to send you a selfie today waving at you for proof? No. <laughs> to prove that you were that you were in fact Jericho? That's actually something that we do when we have guests on. Yeah. But um, I have to, that's like the cutest selfie I've ever right? seen. Right, so cute. Oh, You're adorable. Yes. Thank you. And believe me, I'm going to blast that. So sorry in advance. Yeah. You guys got it. Now you have to send a selfie back and then I'll Photoshop the three of us together and make it look like we all did this in person. Oh, please oh, do. Yeah, that and would be great. We've already been taking pictures here. We've taken like 200 <laughs> and they're all tragic. Because we wanted to send you the best of the best when it comes to us. <laughs> yeah. It's different for girls and guys too. I could just take one and send it. I don't care. You guys got to make sure everybody looks right and the angle is good and my hair looks good in this one. Yeah. What, were you here? Did you see <laughs> Yeah. Well, guys, I'm really a ghost. I don't know if you know that. It's so funny. Like we thought maybe we would... Um, do a, we were doing video chats. Both of us dressed up. Just we have on full makeup and everything. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. It's been just a blast talking to you. And uh, we'll have to when you get up, when you get some more stories to tell. We'll we'll do it again. Uh, oh thank yeah! You. Thank and you so much. We can't thank you enough for this. This is a really big deal for a little baby podcast like ours. Yes. So you are an angel. Thank you, Chris. Let's make it monstrous. Yes. yes thank you. We love Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.